0: Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me today are Josh Humphrey. Humphreys. Humphreys. Yeah, Josh Humphreys. I did. I, I did mess that up. Yeah, that's Do I do that a lot? Or no, I? this okay. is the first okay. time, and Josh it probably Humphreys. will not be forgiven in the future. Humphreys.
1: there's more than one. I was thinking there's only one. Josh Humphrey. Humphreys. That's, <laughs> yep. It's plural. P-H-R-E-Y-S. And Evan Fetterhoffs. <laughs> only
0: one of me. Oh, Okay. <laughs> all right. Evan The Federhof is with us today. So excited <laughs> about what was, this is going to be a great podcast. We have so much to share about uh, how Leviticus could be pronounced Levi mm-hmm. Uh and we will talk about uh, the value of that wonderful book of the Bible that probably ended most people's reading through the Bible <laughs> plan. Uh, and uh, we're also going to talk about the difference between faith and trust, or is there a difference? Is there? What does it mean? All that, and uh, and look at different uh, why we have all the different versions of the Bible and and look at the end of Levitic end of Exodus mm-hmm. the beginning of Mark the end of Matthew so much to talk about today on oh and our favorite psalms Psalms 22 and 23 mm-hmm. the 23rd mm-hmm. psalm we will also look into all ahead on this edition of understanding Jesus We're going to take a look now at our the readings we had through the week. We've been, of course, reading through the Bible, and uh, some certain passages stick out to us and so forth, and so Josh is going to start us off, where he's going to share um, what uh, has particular significance to you in our Bible reading.
1: Yeah, so I'm in the end of Exodus this week. In the end of Exodus, it's kind of um, hard to get through, it's um towards like the middle to the end of exodus it gets very wordy and then which is where a lot of us usually give up on the reading plan and then of course you have to go to leviticus where it's even more wordy than before but sandwiched in between the wordiness of all the instructions that god is giving moses about the tabernacle and um and then in leviticus when he begins to give a law give the law we have this beautiful moment of the presence of the lord um being among His people. Um, And so I'm just going to read that to you. Um, It's Exodus 40, um, verses uh, 33 through the end. Um, And so this is what it says. So at last, Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day, and at night, fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. And this continued throughout all their journeys. And this is such a mighty part um, of scripture, like such a cool part in the story of the Bible. The creator God, Who they now know to be also Jehovah, Lord God, um, is dwelling among his people once again, which is really cool because in Genesis chapter 3, his people were removed from the garden, removed from his presence. And so um, here we are finally in Exodus chapter 40, where his presence is among, like, dwelling amidst his people uh, in the tabernacle, which is so cool. And it's crazy because even though uh, his people, have denied him already and um, he they uh, don't want him to be around they have given up on him they worshiped idols even then he is still chosen to dwell with his people to lead his people and to protect his people and this is a beautiful picture of what god um, that that god does want to dwell among his people and that he's an intimate god um, and that he's not i mean a lot of times we read the old testament and we see leviticus and we're like man he's a horrible god and he's so evil and la 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 la, la. But it's not. Um, this is the God who we serve. This one who dwells among us. And it's still the same God that we serve today. And it made me think of a passage in um, Ephesians Ephesians 2:20 20 through 21. Let me just read that really quick. Um, and this is what it says. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him. And this is the cool part becoming a holy temple for the Lord through him. You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where Mm -hmm. God lives by his spirit. And when I was reading through this, this passage blew up to me in this understanding of like this, like this hovering presence of God, which Mm -hmm. they're speaking about the temple. And by day it's a massive cloud and by night they see fire Mm -hmm. inside of this cloud. And it just reminded me of, of how much, um, like, this is the spirit of God living inside of his people and how he how he still dwells among his people. And now he dwells inside of his people, which is really cool. And so um, one more thing I just want to share about this is there's this song called The Blessing. It's by Carrie Job. Um, And I know it freaks some people out because it's unlike any other Christian song that's out there right now. It's a, a prayer of blessing. And every time I read about Exodus um, and I think about this this pillar, this cloud. Um, this hovering presence. I think about the bridge of this song, and um, let me just read it to you. It says, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. And, their children. and it goes on, and this is the part I think about this this cloud who lives, uh, who in the time of Exodus was dwelling amongst his people and above them and around them, but now inside of us. It says, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you, he is with you, his, he is with you, in the morning and the evening, and you're coming and your going, and you're weeping and rejoicing, He is for you, he is for you, and I think about these words and just this understanding that the presence of God in Exodus was around for all of that, and they're weeping and they're rejoicing and they're coming and they're going all of this in the morning and in the evening, he was there for it all, and it um, this beautiful picture of the spirit of God is painted in this cloud that um, glows in the night but is, um it moves and, and it is and it is here and it is this standing foundation for the people of israel and now that spirit dwells inside of us um, and, we, and we are his temple now which is literally amazing and it is such an amazing picture of who god is
0: hmm. I, I like how he uses that cloud to help them to uh to say when it moves you move And how you have a visible representation of God moving and, 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 and to, you know, when you talk about following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that's really where this is stemming from. It's saying that, and, and one of the things that uh, stood out to me in that passage was how uh, I thought, what if somebody said, you know, I I don't want to go right now.
1: Mm -hmm. It wasn't
0: like God waited. It was like, once this, once God was moving, either you went with him or you just right. were left behind. Right. And it's not that he stalled or waited and everything you you know, you might get to where he is, but everything he was doing in between, mm-hmm. you missed that. There's no right. going back there's no like there's this uh like I can make up I okay, I didn't follow God for five years, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make up for lost time. There is you don't make up for lost time. You
1: just meet it's him where just he's at.
0: it's just like yeah. He's you, at, you, you, yeah go. you just go you now begin your yeah. walk with him and your journey with him at that particular point it's only by grace yeah. that you uh, ever get to be at that place or whatever so some people come into the journey later children are mm-hmm. born while they're in that journey and so right. forth but everybody just comes to that place but but god is god is always mm-hmm. moving at the pace god wants to go when he wants to go where he wants to go and we either follow him or we
1: don't and it's comforting to know that that's like that's what he is like that he's this presence and i i just always go back to that that bridge may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you and that is just so comforting and to like they had this like physical visible representation of this cloud being with them and even in the visible representation they still like didn't want to follow him but like i think about that and then i can picture that of like that's the holy spirit he is all around me and within me he's before me behind me beside me and like wow like he is a god who wants to dwell with his people protect for them uh, protect them provide for them and like that's the that's the character of god we see in the old testament which is so cool and who we still see today Hmm.
0: so cool cool evan what about you evan what do you have for us today
2: i don't know well
0: so much just condense it down okay bring it down to a our level
2: so um mine's actually i think a really good follow-up to what you were talking about because and psalms 22 do i need to talk closer yeah a little closer yeah okay. good yeah um yeah so and psalms 22 it's like a psalm by david explaining like his troubles and hardships of following god and um i would consider david probably to be one of the greatest teachers of or not teachers greatest doers of what god told us to do and um i definitely don't have faith like he does <laughs> um most of the time and um forever um and uh I'm, I'm choking on my words, <laughs> so, but um anyway, so he starts off in this um in psalms twenty two and he he talks about how uh he wants God to do things and he keeps asking for them, and God's not doing what he wants him to do mm-hmm. and then um which i mean i I think it's just a good that's a good picture of like our prayer life and and like the things that we do we ask God to do things and we're like, why aren't you doing these things that we asked you to do and then um and then he hits like verse three and four here and and he's like uh it says. Yet you're holy, and thrown on the on the praises of Israel, and our fathers and you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. So he's turning around, he starts out in the first, first two verses and he's like he's like, Why why have you and he says the same thing that Jesus says when he's on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and um and he turns around and says that he um that, you know, God is holy, he is set apart and um And it's his choice to do these things, not David's choice. Um, Uh. And many times um, I do the same thing where I'll I'll pray for something expectantly and uh, understand that like we just like it says in in Psalms or where it says uh, the more than like we wait more than watchmen for the morning. Mm -hmm. So we expectantly wait for God to fulfill the prayers that we ask. But also God doesn't always do those things as we want them to do him to do those things. Um, It's not up to us. It's up to him. So, and then, um, this next section um from verse nine to twenty four it kind of talks about it's just David talking about his own personal struggles, um how he is so disappointed, but then it ends i I think the end is just really pretty um, I'm just gonna read it so mm-hmm. um verse twenty nine to thirty one it says all the pro- or twenty eight for the kingship of the lord or for kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations, all prosperous of the earth, and eat and worship." Before him shall bow all who go uh, down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Prosperity shall serve him. It shall be mm-hmm. told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to the people yet unborn that he has done it. So it's just, it's turning around to where, um you know, he's, David's upset. He feels afflicted. And, and then he turns around and says, um, once again, like God is ruler of all. He chooses these things and he, um Not only will it rule over david's life but it will r- rule over all everyone's life mm-hmm. and does rule over everyone's life and even coming generations who who have not been born yet so um so it shows that David understands these um these truths of of god's sovereignty overall um but he struggles with those internally I, It's nice to see somebody like David struggling with those things um because it it's a reminder that I also had to when I struggle with these things um so is David so
0: awesome 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 um i'm also gonna i'm gonna be in the next psalm which is a fairly familiar psalm the 23rd psalm and i think it gets read so much that sometimes we lose sight of what it's actually saying mm. but uh david being a shepherd uh and i'm just gonna use the first few verses he says um the lord is my shepherd i have what i need he lets me lie down in green pastures he leads me besides quiet he leads me beside quiet waters he renews my life he leads me along the right paths for his namesake and it's david is saying you know that god is the one who is guiding me who is shepherding me and and having been a shepherd what a shepherd is doing is he's got a bunch of you know his sheep are not real not known for being super smart animals and uh and and once they get backed into a corner they can't get out unless you turn them around but the um but but a shepherd is moving them to the right pastures and you have dogs and so forth and or whatever other beings, creatures you can have that can help the shepherd. But the whole point is, is that they're guiding them to where they need to be and making sure that they're eating what they need to be eating. And uh, watching over them, taking care of them, protecting them. Uh, and he's saying that God is the one who does this for us. God is the one who is looking after us, who is shepherding us. So the term pastor literally means shepherd. It's the pastor shepherd are synonymous. Uh, so when we talk about a pastor of a church and so forth, that that pastor really is a shepherd uh, for people. And I think sometimes we we lose sight of that because we mm, we've, we we mm-hmm. get to thinking pastors are motivational speakers or yeah. they're uh, made to grow churches or they're made mm-hmm. to uh, be CEOs or financial advisors or whatever. However it is you think of uh, you know, my preacher does all these different things, and 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 in fact, I I'm very. People ask me, say, "What do you want to be called?" And I always say, "I want to be called Pastor Troy," because I just want to emphasize that's that's who I am. That's my role. That's that's the part I'm playing. And and people call me preacher, brother Troy, whatever. But but I mean, brother Troy is is good. But we're all brothers. I mean, <laughs> your brother Josh and your brother Evan. Uh, so we're we're all brothers <laughs> in Christ. And uh, and call me preacher is uh is a function something that i do but many people can preach but in specifically i am your pastor you know when when you're uh, overseeing a group of people and recognizing that god is saying i want you to help me i'm I'm, if you want to think of it uh i really think of it more like i'm an australian shepherd like a dog Mm -hmm. Um, and and i've been trained by god just to kind of nip at people's heels and keep them going in the right direction but jesus is the shepherd i mean the lord is my shepherd. But one of the things that I think is, is a question we need to ask ourselves, and this is the thing that stuck out to me, is who is guiding me right now? Who is who is leading me, and what direction are they taking me? And one of the ways to figure out whether it is Jesus who is guiding us, because of course, David isn't talking about Jesus specifically, he's talking about God. We know that God has revealed himself as Jesus, and Jesus re- says, I am the good shepherd. So he's connecting himself with this uh, with this revelation that David is having back in Psalm 23 before Jesus ever comes into the scene. So Jesus is the good shepherd. So when we say the Lord is my shepherd, we we know where he's talking about Jesus. And he says, I lead my children beside the still waters. It, you have, and Jesus gives us instance of this in, in the New Testament where his disciples are in this chaotic storm and so forth, and they think they're going to die and Jesus stands up and says peace be still and the waters go to calmness and so forth and he's demonstrating that uh he's try and he, he rebukes them and and he's and what he's saying is without uh, what he's meaning to them is that you know when you when you understand I'm your shepherd it doesn't matter what the physical water is doing because I bring a calmness a peace that passes understanding that passes what looks like the reality of your circumstances the waters of that i'm talking about the waters of the soul are always calm with me when you are walking with me when you're looking at me when you're trusting me then everything should be okay it's kind of like a parent with a child when there's chaos going around and you try to calm that child down you'll say look at me look at me you know and it's like if i'm not panicking you shouldn't panic don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. i had some friends who were flying yeah. and that was what a uh, pilot was on there and a lady was having a lot of trouble and he's uh, there was a lot of turbulence And uh, and and they said the pilot looked at her and he says, he says, you know, I'm a pilot. I do this all the time. He says, so you just look at me when the plane's jumping up and down. He says if I'm not freaking out, then you have no reason to freak out. he Now, if I freak out, then obviously something's bad. (laughs) But he said, but just but don't pay attention to what's happening because you don't know what's happening. You don't understand. He says, I do this all the time. I'm I'm more familiar with it. And and that is the way it is with Jesus. Jesus is saying, uh, you think the boat's going to crash and everybody's going to die. He said, but I, what I want you to do is I want you to look at me. Mm-hmm. I, want you to, I want you to look and, and you should trust in me. If I'm sleeping in the back, then everything's okay because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Uh, and if I'm not worried about it, you shouldn't be worried about it. And and so if, if we find ourselves in chaotic times, we find ourselves not in still waters, then it just shows the Lord is not my shepherd at this moment. Right. I'm being guided. I'm being directed by Because I, I have a lot of people that come into my life. There are a lot of voices that speak in our lives. And we leave those encounters shaken. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. You yeah. you talking to somebody and it's like I leave that encounter and they talk to me and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm now more worried. I'm now right. more stressed. I'm now and I have to remind myself, whoa, wait a second. That person and the words they were speaking, it was not from God. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I have to just say, you know that, that's not what I need to be focused on. Right. That's not they're, You know, they're whether they knew it or not, they unwittingly are leading me away from Christ. Uh, so it's that at that point I'm like, you know, God help me to just receive whatever they said that was from You, but whatever's from You is going to bring peace, mm-hmm. not uh, not confusion or derision right. or whatever. Uh, and and so that's that is the I think the the mark of knowing that we are in the path that God created for us. And and you know it's it's just checking throughout the day, am am I where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, thinking what I'm supposed to be thinking. Or does somewhere somebody lured me off that path mm. and and always go back to our shepherd, you know, looking for Christ to get us back to where we need to be. And, you know, you will be back where he wants you to be when you are beside those
1: still waters again. Mm. So that reminds me of something you said last week. Um, I think it was last week. You were speaking on the passage in Exodus when Moses uh, says, be still and see the salvation of our mm. Lord. That has. I mean, every day there has been a moment where I'm just like, "Be still." (laughs) It doesn't make sense, and it doesn't have to make sense. The people of Israel, two million people, were standing and looking at an ocean with no salvation in sight, and then it opened. So, like that, that just reminded me of like, when nothing, when literally nothing makes sense, the easiest thing to do is be still and wait for the Lord. And then that has taken so much pressure off of, like, yeah. me, like the freedom that we have in Christ of just like breathe. Yeah. It's okay. He's still here. Like, and, you know, that goes back to what he says in the end of Exodus, like, his presence is here. Mm. Anyway, I just had to comment on that. That's not what I'm about to say, but. <laughs> yeah, but still, I, you know, and, and
0: it's amazing to me. And I just look back and I think he he it has always worked, yeah, it never I've, never, I've right. never gotten still, and like God didn't show up, it was like right. he always oh there's the answer, right, yeah, it like it's the, just there peace, he is. Yeah. yeah,
1: wow, um, so my other devotion comes from the book of Leviticus, which I know, like Levi, I mentioned, Tichus. yeah, yeah leviticus, right. yeah, um, right. which I mentioned before, this is a let me just say, we all know that the book of Leviticus is hard, so we're not trying to mask that it's so easy for us to get through. It is not. Leviticus is a very hard book to read. I don't yeah. care if you're reading out of the Message Bible. I don't care if you're reading out of the KJV Bible. It is a hard book to read. This is this is where people drop out of reading through the Bible. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. I uh, Even when I was in Bible school, I had to force myself to read this book, even if it was like a few I mean, it was... It is a hard book to read, and there's a reason for that. I was thinking earlier, as I was thinking through questions that I could um, ask at the end of the podcast, because I I didn't come up with, with ones before, and that's okay. But I was thinking, I was like, why is the book of Leviticus important? And I know that the answer to that is, well, because he's a holy God. I know that that's the answer. And so then I was thinking just... And mind you, we were recording on the podcast live and so like on Facebook. So if you want to see this moment, this revelation happened to me, like it is so cool. But I was sitting there and I was like, well, how holy is he? And then I just felt the read Leviticus, like he read Leviticus to see the holiness of God. And so I wanted to just read to you the like introductions of the first few chapters. But let me begin with one one. It says the Lord called Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. And it didn't say that that God just spoke to him. It says, Lord, this is Yahweh. This is the God who is in charge. This is the God that is unlike anything else. And he calls to Moses, Give my people these instructions. And so um, the first heading is called procedures for the burnt offering, offering, then procedures for the grain offering, then procedures for the peace offering, procedures for the sin offering. And as you go through all 27 chapters of Leviticus, you see that there are procedures and that there are laws about everything. And the question becomes, why? Well, it's because God is holy and he is calling his people to be holy. And as we look at the book of Exodus, which we see God coming to dwell among his people, we also know about God that God cannot sit. Uh, he can, but he does not want to be in the presence of unholiness. Um, that's why he removed Adam and Eve from the garden, because they were unholy. They were no longer like anything else. They had become like, well, just like not like him. So anyway, um, so he is giving these people who have been in Egypt, for a long, 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 long time where they have been under the rules of the Egyptians and under these false gods for a long, long, long time. And they have no idea what it looks like to follow Yahweh. And so God, in his holiness, gives them this holy law, which it's 27 chapters and it's hard to get through. It's very detailed. But the reason that it's very detailed is because he is a holy God and he wants his people to be holy so he gives them clear commands on how to do things. And so when we ask the question, how holy is God? We can look at Leviticus and say this is how holy he is. Mm. And that's what hit me in the one second of that thought. So,
0: <laughs> this is how holy. Yeah. Is. Which there's is really a cool. there's a passage in Leviticus um 5 maybe. Um yeah. Um and in the new I was reading the New King James version. Mhm. And uh, it read, uh, "If a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness," and I was like, "That it was really awkwardly written." Mm-hmm. And so I went back and looked at different translations. Yeah. And it was different in every single translation; it was completely <laughs> different. And and one of the things about Leviticus that's challenging mm-hmm. is that uh, when you're going from Hebrew to English, uh, there are so many things it's saying because we're we're looking at it's like trying to read a recipe from mm-hmm. in a foreign language yeah and it's like so it says two does it when it says two-thirds of a cup does that mean uh two-thirds of you know uh, when right. you, we say once things a like a cup that, yeah you what's know, a cup and and, that, and two-thirds of is it, does it mean two-thirds two and one-third or right, you know how you right, say right hey, or somebody says a third yeah you are like, is that well one and a third or a third <laughs> right. or because uh, there, if there's any breakdown in language and the order of which it is mm-hmm. it's like so do i put the pan in or do mm-hmm. i do these things because you're and we're looking through it step by step well it doesn't read like that right. in hebrew and so it's so sometimes the syntax gets messed mm-hmm. up and and that's why i just want to encourage you read a bunch of translations mm-hmm. just uh, oh, I, I know some people will be like i'm kjv only it's like well i'm sorry the uh <laughs> because then you've limited yourself right because it's just an english translation yeah um you know the kjv is not the version that paul used uh it's not the version that peter exactly uh so the uh they had you know they had a greek (laughs) bible uh they had uh, and then if they were schooled in hebrew paul would have been schooled in hebrew and would have understood it in in hebrew as well but the uh but, but when you look at leviticus there's it is It is so much. Uh, we get We get stuck in mm-hmm. those... The uh, details. The details, mm-hmm. right. And while that was important for them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not as important for me because right. I'm not going to sacrifice a goat anyway. Right. So, right. But it, so it's important to step back and see right. the bigger picture that it is about him being a holy yeah. God. And, and, and that I'm, none I'm of that... Him, yeah.
1: Once again, Jesus says, I did not come to ab What did he say? Abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Like mind you Jesus kept all of these like so if anything if we're not talking about God's holiness look at Jesus kept these in perfection like not one did he like do wrong which right. once again shows about his holiness and how perfect and how unlike right. anything else he was and so when you read the book of Leviticus read it in light of wow Jesus did everything perfect like whoa like that's who he is right. and then beyond that even zooming out further this is the God we serve, like he is the one who like wow, like he's a god, and right. he and he wrote this, and it oh it' yeah. is just so cool,
0: and one of the things that we're not there yet yet, but one of the things along those lines is that Jesus uh, fulfilled all of it, and mm-hmm. when he first started he one of the things the Hebrew people never did uh when you got to the they had to they had an order of uh, Sabbath years mm-hmm. of every seven years the seventh oh, year yeah. of the christ. At the accumulation of after seven times of seven Sabbath years, mm-hmm. they had the fiftieth year, which was the year of jubilee, and they never yeah. were faithful enough mm-hmm. to ever make it to jubilee. And when Jesus started his ministry, he basically he came and said, "The year of jubilee is now. It is wow. at hand, and I'm bringing it." So he's he's fu- so he's cool. saying, "I'm fulfilling. I'm finally bringing Fulf- you yeah. what you never were able to bring yourselves because you couldn't be faithful yeah. long enough. And so now I'm bringing this moment That's to so you. Cool. This time." And uh, yeah he was super faithful to yeah. uh, fulfill everything
1: hmm.
0: Evan
2: yep yeah, they actually teased me up pretty well um, <laughs> again right. so and i so I'm gonna jump over to matthew twenty eight Matthew um, twenty eight yeah so big jump from Leviticus um but this is right after um so Jesus is, has died he's been buried and um and we have the resurrection and so uh, so th- in the resurrection obviously like the disciples are all they're confused they're they're like our guy just died and um and so they're like they buried him they're they're away hiding um they are they stepped away and in, in other other books that you guys will read later on um and go over in the podcast um but uh it talks about how the the women went to the tomb and the men came later and they met them on the road but um but and here it just talks about the women going and and being at the tomb yeah I, Listened to a podcast yesterday where they were talking about how um how important it was that the women are listed here because the women are considered so insignificant in this mm-hmm. culture. And um obviously not now, but um but in this culture it would have been considered almost um worthless testimony for them to say mm. that um that the stone was rolled away and that, that the the body was gone. Mm. But there's also an important part here that the the women um could not have rolled that stone away there's Mm -hmm. no there's no chance for them to roll that Mm -hmm. stone away um because it's a it's a heavy stone that would have taken multiple men to move it and at this time the women especially like like now we have women that are are much larger than the women are here even um yeah so and Mm -hmm. the the average i think on the podcast i listened to yesterday they said the average woman was like somewhere between four nine and four Mm eleven and like under (laughs)
0: Teresa's hundred yeah yeah,
2: under a hundred pounds mostly so like yeah, imagine imagine a four eleven lady trying to move two of them trying to move a boulder that's just <laughs> th- that's meant to not move. It's sealed, yeah. and meant to not move. So um and then so the guards are dead, and um except for um I guess this one guard where it talks about how um in verse eleven it talks about how the guard went and then they sent them to well he didn't die. This is a different guard that they sent to um. To tell the chief priests mm-hmm. or that um, that the body had been stolen by. Well, let me just read it. Um, for you. So tell the, tell people his disciples came by night and stole them away while we were asleep. Right. So I, I think that's important too. Just um, at first I read it and I was like I I don't know if this is really this thing's not doing what I want it to do. But um uh like at first I read it and I was like I I don't I don't know if that's really that that important to us nowadays. But I think it is important to realize that that there's people who are trying to throw things off. Um mm-hmm. we even have huge religions like the the Mormon um uh Latter day Saints, mm-hmm. which I, I think they're the same. Yeah, all same. Around. yeah. yeah it's the same, yeah. So um but uh but their their teachings, you know, you have you have one guy who changed changed the rules just a little bit and completely changed religion. Mm-hmm. And um wrote his own book to make up for it. Right. So um so and and with that it they um I, I think it's important just to note that like some people are changing things. And then um, the last part, which is the Great Commission, was really what I wanted to hit. Was um, how uh, I, this is the last thing that Jesus is given. Now, I, there's different accounts given later on that there's more space in between. Um, we know that he was there for 40 days after he was right. resurrected, but um, in, in this passage, I I just think it it hits so many cool points, kind of like the the Lord's Prayer, where it hits so many points mm-hmm. in, in just one little brick. Um, but 19 or 18 through 20, um, he says, uh, and Jesus, I'm in the ESV. Sorry um and jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i'm with you always to the end of the age um i think there's a couple of really cool things that i wanted to kind of note and then pastor john jobs if you want to add to it you can hmm. um but uh so george always has told i remember in sunday school george would always tell us to look at a therefore and ask what the therefore is there for. Mm-hmm, right. um, and so if we're wondering what the therefore is, it's the therefore from his entire ministry at this point. This is the culmination of the therefore. Yeah. yeah. So this is Whoa. like, this is the, <laughs> this is the last piece of the, of the whole puzzle is, is he's saying, the last thing I can tell you is go make disciples of all nations. So, so he's, he's saying that, yeah, I think it's really important, especially later on, we see like where, Paul and Peter are arguing <laughs> no. over Jews and Gentiles, like do we allow the Gentiles into the fold um and you know, all nations um and then um you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, so we have a picture of the Trinity, um all three oh so <laughs> teaching them making me giggle <laughs> so um and then um uh, teaching them to observe all that I command you so so you have everything command even even in the Old mm. Testament, observe everything and then and then he's with us always and. Not not only him, but he's also got his Holy Spirit here right. with us, dwelling among us and in us. Um so it it's just this I, I think it's this this like a, a brick of just amazingness yeah. at the very Ooh. end. If he's gonna leave anything behind. Mm-hmm. And there's six times that, that that's written in the New Testament, the the Great Great Commission of Sorts. Right. Um obviously this is the one that we look at as the Great Commission, yeah. but um but th- this one I, I just think it's really cool um how it, it just outlines The just the most probably what it's printed
0: on our building. Yeah,
2: yeah. The most (laughs) important, the most important piece of of Jesus' ministry is written right here. Wow.
0: Yeah, I never thought about that. (laughs) Well, before you think too much about it, not to correct George, but just therefore the therefore (laughs) when you ask what the therefore is therefore it does it it actually just goes back up to the prior verse. Mm. It is. That he's saying all authority mm-hmm. has been given to me, mm-hmm. and why that's important is he's saying I'm getting ready to commission you yeah. to support. And as Matthew's writing this gospel, uh, it, the, the the important thing was to establish in mm-hmm. his Jew as primarily Jewish audience is that that who what authority does Jesus has, right? And that's where you, when you read through the gospel of Matthew, it's like he spoke as one having authority. He spoke as one having authority. And you know wh- who gave you this authority and what right, right. do you have to be this person? And and here he's saying to all of them, yeah. Uh, because because it says just prior to that he said there were there were people up there and they were worshiping him, mm-hmm. but some doubted, right. And and you think wow they there he is in his resurrection. but even if they even seeing him with their own eyes, right. They they just are having a hard time believing yeah. that this is real. And so Jesus to those who are believing him, to those who are trusting him, he's saying all of the, I have been given mm-hmm. all authority and now with the authority of god i am now telling you this is what yeah. i want you to do and why that is so important as you think of all the jewish heritage you've had at right. this point right. all the rule all the laws you've been given and how mm-hmm. you are conduct yourselves and, and we're to do this temple worship and so forth and jesus saying that's been done
1: mm-hmm. it's that's, right. over.
0: that's over and now i'm telling you this is what you are to be yeah. doing with your uh with with your this is the commandment and he says and all these things I've commanded you mm-hmm. uh you know he said i've i've told you, I've now showed you uh th- what the greatest commandments are uh yeah. John details that much greater when he says, really, here's the commandment, I want yeah. you to love other people as I have loved you right and and that's uh and now everything else is about uh and that's what jesus said uh in that commandment when i said love uh, love one another as mm-hmm. uh commandment. that everything is rolled up in that. All the commandments are tied into yeah. you doing that. And so, yeah, he's he's bringing that back into this, and now I have all authority, and now I want you to do this, and I want you to go and baptize them. And yes, there is mm-hmm. a commission-ish statement in each of the Gospels, um, but this is the one I think you're right. It is the most, um, well, the one we use more often than mm-hmm. the others, because mm-hmm. it is, uh, It is. And, but there's there's only one verb in here, and the verb in the Great Commission is make. Uh, and so make disciples mm. is the, everything else is just supportive language, gerunds yeah. and participles, uh, that's are supporting that one, uh, thing. So, uh, as you are making disciples, I want you to baptize them. I want you yeah. to teach them. I want you to, uh, you know, to, to do those things, but it all is about, um, making sure that you are, um, teaching or helping them to know, mm. to creating more followers, yeah. uh, in me. And that's and that's what we've been doing for supposed to yeah. be doing for two thousand years um, is carrying out that task of, of of Jesus is saying I want you to lead people to follow me yeah and uh, and so that's uh, and, and so when we get off that task mm-hmm. when we lose sight of that that that's really the most important thing is I'm helping you to make sure you're following him and then and looking at that next generation mm-hmm. saying okay I'm gonna I'm gonna connect you to Christ we we emphasize people getting saved yeah that is not a biblical emphasis mm-hmm. the emphasis is on making disciples yeah uh, god saves people we we mm-hmm. look and see we're looking to find the we share the gospel and we see the people he is saving mm-hmm. and then we teach them how to follow him we that's our part we're following through mm-hmm. that
1: commission yeah i think that's a cool thing i didn't think about in this in this mm-hmm. verse at all was how this was everything that he's done already and he had like that's everything that he did for his, the three years of ministry in his whole life was everything that he had just commanded his, his disciples to do. And that these are the words that he left us with was what he said. And like how it's the perfect, like, I think you said some summation of everything summation. that he had said. And it was like, Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It was, well, yeah, he has all authority, which he's been saying all along, mm-hmm. and he commands to go and make disciples, which he's been saying all along, to teach them everything he's commanded, which is love God, which is the with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love people as yourself, uh, and then baptize them in my name, and then follow me, and then continue on and on, which he's done all along, which yeah. is just, you know, it's just one of those things that's like, we know that, but then we didn't, it didn't click until right then, of just like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, but,
0: and and to put it in the context of if you were Jewish, yeah, and you had had and I mean you're you have been taught, raised, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it has been told. This is this is how you are a good, faithful Jewish boy, right? Yeah. and and he's saying basically like similar to what he did with the the, the Lord's Supper. Yeah, he said, this is a new covenant, mm-hmm. and so now I'm giving you a new way of life, right? Uh, and so I and I have the authority to do that. So I'm saying right. whatever your daddy taught you. Right. Scratch that. And
1: whatever the Pharisees are saying right now. Right. Yeah,
0: that's not that's not relevant. Right. Here's what I want you to do.
1: Yeah. yeah. They have no authority over, yeah. over me, which yeah. is
0: And sadly. Wow. We have to we still need this too, because mm-hmm. we fall into religious patterns right. and so forth and and lose sight of what it is he commanded us to do, yeah. even though we didn't have a Jewish tie in the beginning. We've created religious structures right. that we all become adherents to and then have to go back and learn the same thing that they had to learn That's so. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah. I really like what you said about um being careful that we're not just trying to say trying to get people to say a prayer and be saved yeah. right. um that there there's a disciple making process and uh, and they had to have a heart change and desire change um right. with that. Um I was watching a video yesterday as well. Um I had a lot of time in the car yesterday. And um and uh they they were showing a, a video with I guess the Babylon B. They're like a... Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like um <laughs> Satar. Christian it, satire. Yeah, yeah. So they did like an interview with Elon Musk a few weeks ago. And um basically at the end of the interview they had been talking to him about faith and what, what he thought about different things and, and it was very clear that he said that he had investigated these things and just didn't know. And at the very end they were like um it's a this is as close to a quote as i can get but he was they're like they're like elon can you do us a solid and accept jesus christ as your lord and savior <laughs> and it was like it was like I, that's not even even yeah. haven't even explained to him what it means to like have a heart change right and, and like like it's not about doing us a, a solid you know and and becoming right, part of the, yeah. the flock it's about right. it's about um it's about having a heart change and and choosing um it, it's not it's not just um it's not just a, I choose to follow him today. It's it's a it's a God replacing our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Right. So.
0: Yeah, and, and and we're we're not trying to. We're saying here is what the good news is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and when Paul talks about being persuasive, it's trying to convince people that what we're saying is true. Mm-hmm. Not trying to get people to believe in it. Mm-hmm. That's not what he's ever saying. Yeah. He's saying I'm just trying to. I want you to believe it's true, and then make your own. Mm. Just, I mean, if and then yeah. and God changes your heart, you want to follow. You're either going to follow Jesus or not. But I I do want you to believe that this is Jesus yeah. and He is real. And here's what He said. And and now, do you want to follow Him? That's the invitation. And if they say no, then you're like, okay, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's more about clearly communicating what Jesus said. He revealed Himself to be that He is God. And that he is our savior, that he is uh, king of kings and lord of lords, and that all these things that he says is true. Um, here's my Star Wars reference that you're going to like, where where they're in Star Wars in the, in the in episode seven, you know, where they go to the Millennium Falcon. It was a big moment for Star Wars fans because there's Han Solo and Chewbacca, and you haven't seen mm. him forever, and so there they are. And so anyway… Um, and they're like, oh my goodness! The, and uh, you know, I've I heard these stories, and I heard these stories. And he looks and he says, everything you heard is true. You know, <gasps> I do get that and, reference. And and, and so yeah, there it. you go. And so <laughs> and that's and that's really what we're what we're here to do yeah. is to say uh, everything in the Bible. I'm here. I'm here to testify mm. that it is true. And and here's my testimony to back that up. I, I'm here to say that everything in my uh, every, and so and then uh, and that's it. And then it's like now you do with it what you want to do, but he's calling you to follow him. But if you don't believe him, obviously, if you don't believe it's true, then then don't. But if you believe it's true and then you don't, that's kind of weird. But 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 that's but all we are doing is saying, here's the message. You see, you're you're right. That's that's uh, it's not. Hey, would you pray this prayer? Uh, I hate I hate that. Mm -hmm. While the prayer is important. I mean, it's become like an incantation. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. like if you say these words, then something magical will happen or whatever. Yeah, we got goosebumps. <laughs> we have, you know?
2: Yeah, we have to trust that that God's doing the work, not us. And yeah. if we're convincing someone to do a a prayer, it's us convince. I mean, we're just marketing Christ. Yeah. And we're Ooh. we're trying to convince. We're
0: seed sowers. Yeah. We're sowing the word of truth, and then people yeah. grow where they don't grow. Yeah. And and Jesus said, "You're going to sow seed, and here are the four ways that it's going to react." And mm-hmm. none of that is, uh, I mean, if you want to think one of it's, you know, what, we're, what, do, what impact do we have? We can take the weeds out as much as we can remove as many rocks as we possibly can make the soil as good as it can possibly be, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And then it either grows or God has to give the increase. You know, we, mm-hmm. we sow in other waters, God gives the increase. So
2: yeah, it, for, um, to go along with your, your, well, it's, Analogy, Jesus' analogy, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, don't but, don't, give, don't give me credit. Yeah, but to add, <laughs> uh, to add to it, if we if we're convincing them to say a prayer, it's kind of like we're planting like a one of the little plastic plants that, <laughs> that people like uh, yeah. to plant. Yeah, it's, artificial. Yeah. yeah, how beautiful this is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it looks pretty. It Looks green, right? And and you're yeah. and you've. I mean, I you know trained it. Like we molded it to be the correct shape and size and, and color and and everything. And it sits and never looks bad. But it. Uh, I mean. Just like a Christian who's not actually Christian, just prays a prayer, it it still looks good, but it's it's not the yeah it's not
0: well you've 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 lied to them. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. The truth is is that you have to follow Christ in mm-hmm. order to receive the reward that He has in store for mm-hmm. you. And 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 you're and a, a bulk of our time is spent undoing the lies that the world has given and the and the mm-hmm. and 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 things, and just going back to the Word and saying, no, this is what I, the Word actually says. This is what Jesus mm-hmm. actually said. Yeah. and um and being true to that um i'm going to close this out with a passage from um and it kind of goes along it kind of goes along with what evan was saying as far as uh, the doctrine of the trinity and the great commission the gospel of mark um really comes before the gospel of matthew uh the, as far as uh, the content from mark uh, most scholars believe that mark was first and then mark uh, that matthew and luke took content from mark and used it and, and a lot of times uh, a lot of a lot of scholars believe also that John Mark, uh, who is given credit for writing the gospel, was a scribe for Peter. So really, it's really the gospel of Peter, if you want to think of it like that, really taken from the messages of Peter, and which is why Mark is brief. It's more, It, it reads more like a sermon than it does uh, a step-by-step account of Jesus' life. But so it, when Mark starts, it starts with John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism in chapter 1. So chapter 1, verse 9 says, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John, As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son with you. I am well pleased. Now, I uh, and then uh, let me do one more verse because it is important. It says immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Um, A couple of things. One is this is an incredible uh, the, the word Trinity is never mentioned in the Bible. Uh, but the reason why we came up with the doctrine of Trinity and Augustine's, the primarily guy who the we give credit to the doctrine of the Trinity that we have, the reason why you have it is because you have this verse where you have God uh, coming from three different directions simultaneously, and you have to deal with it because you have Jesus yeah, in the water, right. you have the Holy Spirit descending as a dove. Let me point out, it doesn't say he was a dove. That I <laughs> let me just tell every passion play person out there in the world, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit was a dove. So you don't have to teach a live dove to land on <laughs> Jesus to make the Easter pageant special. It says he descended as a dove, or like a dove, that's you know. So an, as a being coming down upon him, like a dove would come, would float down <laughs> carefully or whatever. So anyway, just Fine. just making sure that's yeah. clear. That's right, like a dove. Um, and uh, and then a voice comes from heaven. Uh, you are my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. So you have Jesus in the water being baptized, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit descending, and the voice speaking from heaven. Three persons, all there at the same time, with each different functions and so forth. So there, that's that's why we have a doctrine of the Trinity. People say the is in the Bible. It's like, well, you have you have three different beings there speaking, or, or that each have parts. How do you explain that if there's one God and all of these are God, all doing different things? So that there is a doctrine that was created that tried to make so it can be one God manifested in three persons. As uh, so, because we believe that God. Doesn't contradict himself, so it has mm-hmm. to all be true at the same time. So um, anyway, it's complicated, difficult to grasp, but it is conceivable. So that's that's the idea. It doesn't it's not contradictory. Um, and uh, but uh, I this is what struck me. You remember the Carrie Underwood song, uh, Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I, don't hurt me, Troy. I'm not gonna sing it. I love it.
1: this song. Oh,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna. Oh you know, no! Here's the okay. here's the problem. Is here at this point. In, mm-hmm. in Jesus' life, he gave up the wheel to his life, but he didn't give it up to himself. Right. He gave it up to the Holy Spirit.
1: Oh, and, wow. And here you
0: have, it says, and, and this is what struck me. The word actually says, Sorry. the Spirit drove him into mm-hmm. the wilderness. So, literally, take that, Carrie. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is driving <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And why that's so important to us is because Jesus isn't here. Mm -hmm. he's somewhere right i'm but he's not here he's coming again if he's here he doesn't come to come again he's not here so he is going to come again Now, i I understand that we understand the concept of trinity he's god and god is here Mm -hmm. but god is here in the form of the holy spirit and jesus said i'm going to leave you Mm -hmm. and i'm going to send to you a comforter and i think it's so important for us to understand Mm -hmm. that this is how he describes this to us so that we, we understand it. it's not Jesus take the wheel. It's, mm-hmm. it's literally the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Spirit of God, take the wheel and uh, and drive me where yeah. you would have me to go. And why that's so powerful is Jesus as Son of Man, as, as he became mm-hmm. human like us, he's saying, I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to be the power in my life so that when I'm gone, you will have the same exact access to the Father through the Spirit of God that I have. So I'm going to say, I'm not going to do anything in my own strength. I'm going to do it all in the yeah. strength of the Holy Spirit so that you will also see this. So, so that's what when Peter says, Can I walk on water? Jesus is like, Yes, Peter, you can walk on water. Mm-hmm. And why? Because the Spirit of God that's given me the ability to walk on water will give you the ability to walk on water. Mm-hmm. And so that's and that's and then of course it was his lack of faith and he and he falters and so forth. But that's that's such an important here. You have this at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's like uh now Holy Spirit take the wheel. And uh and so and that's and that is what we all need to pray as well to mm-hmm. be like him. His spirit uh spirit of God, Holy Spirit take the yeah. wheel of my life.
1: Frame. Which is what we began with in the book of Exodus. Like it's yeah. always why would it change? Yeah. Why would it change from from the beginning of Exodus and the the glory of the it's Lord leading them. It's always been the them, spirit of God. It's yeah. always wow. Yeah, yeah but but that, I mean that just proves again how he's I mean he's God and the Bible continues to prove itself over and over and over, and he proves to be God, nothing changes. He has said this from the beginning, and so it shall be, and so it will be forevermore. If he commanded the Israelites to follow the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord is this cloud and whatever, now he gives us his spirit, which was the same. I mean, that was his spirit amongst his people, and now his spirit was within. So, yeah, crazy. Crazy how that all wraps around.
0: Yes, and, and you have that in the Old Testament. When when Moses is looking upon God, you know, it's interesting that God says, you can't, I have to cover you up and mm-hmm, let my glory yeah. pass you. So, but, but when he was in the burning bush, Moses could gaze upon the burning yeah. bush and see him. But that's because that's that pre-incarnate representation right, right. of God. So when you can see God, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the only God we can see. Right. And uh, But when it is uh, obviously the Father God, that's if you see him, you'll die and if you (laughs) uh and then if and then the 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 spirit that is within us the spirit Mm -hmm. that comes into moses he says i wish you all had the holy spirit Mm -hmm. as i have the holy spirit and then god does that he Mm -hmm. hears that prayer and he blesses that and answers it through 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 pentecost so Mm. so uh, cool yeah so anyway that's that's what we had to share about our bible we're going to come back and, and do a few questions uh when we return Now we have our last segment of the Understanding Jesus podcast: questions and yes.
1: answers. Yes, Josh. Um, this first week, question. The the questions actually don't necessarily come from our like reading of what we've okay. read, right? Um, but I've been walking through Matthew very slowly. Um, and like, aside from our reading plan. And I was in Matthew 17 today, and it's Matthew 17, 19 through 20, and it just says this. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out the demon? Mm. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So then I began to ask the question, okay, well, what is faith? How does faith grow? Because I drew the size of, if you don't know how big a mustard seed is, it's, it's mega small. Like it's super small. So I drew that on my piece of paper and I was like, okay, so if I don't have this much faith for me to, and I'm like, well, there I am questioning my own faith. But like mm-hmm. looking, looking at this plant that I was sitting at in the coffee shop, i be like, die. Like that plant tomorrow will be dead. If I don't have enough faith for that to happen, well, then how little of faith do I have? And how do we grow mm-hmm. that faith? So I was like trying to answer this question, how do we grow faith? And I was like, well, what is faith? Let's look at Hebrews 11, where it tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And as I dove down into the word faith in the Greek, it Mm -hmm. speaks of this confident trust. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about this, the conviction of, and it is this assured uh, thing, this understanding of everything that I'm saying is truth. Um, And so my question is, with both of these words in Matthew and with this word in Hebrews, we have this understanding of some sort of trust. So, what is faith? What's the difference between trust and faith, yeah. and how do we grow faith?
0: Yeah, very good. The, um, the actually, there is there's no difference between the two in the Greek language. One, the word is pistis, and it and it's that's the root word. And and it, interesting, you bring up that Hebrews 11. You literally are giving the answers to the question in the verse mm-hmm. because the yeah. Bible itself is saying, "You want to know what this means? Here it is. It's assurance and conviction." That is, that is these things, and that is, and he's really saying, this is what trust is. Yeah. Trust is the better word. Um, because here's, here's what's happened with faith. That's, that's bad. Faith has become this power or this mm. entity. If I have it, yeah. then, then I can make things happen. Like I, because I have this, this thing, this mm-hmm. nebulous thing called faith, and if I have enough of it, mm-hmm. then I can make mountains move. I want you to say, just think about it for a second. One is, is completely in error. It's been completely in error. <laughs> because it doesn't work like that right it's like right if i believe i believe i believe i believe i believe and therefore it's going to happen uh like if i just believe hard enough that this is going to be real, then that yeah. mountain will move nowhere does the bible communicate that in mm-hmm. fact it's, what he's saying is is if i trust in god's power to do what god is capable to do mm-hmm. then i will know that god can do anything god can move mountains yeah. god can heal people god can Accomplish whatever God endeavours to Mm -hmm. do, and that is what uh, is that level of trust Mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for. How much do I trust God? And He's saying you only have to trust God a very, very, Mm -hmm. very little bit to see God's power demonstrate God's just looking for you to lean in that direction just Mm -hmm. a little bit. Now that then we see that, and He says when you pray, He says pray over and over and over and over and over again, uh, and your prayer accomplishes much. Not your faith. Your mm-hmm. faith is not what's accomplishing it. Your your faith is in the God who answers your prayer. Right. That's why your prayers are effective. Your, your faith is in that God has said that if you will pray and keep asking me, I will do this. Mm-hmm. So your trust is in that God's word is true. true right. That He's done it. So so that's you always have to take it back and and just substitute the word faith with trust because they, the two are interchangeable. But it really in our English language we've created this this uh, magical faith, power this magical power that yeah. the world has embraced yeah. that's what really throws it right. off it's kind of like love we talked about that earlier that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. love has been misused and mistranslated mm-hmm. and so forth so when we say love and they say love we're really saying two different things right and and so yeah they're saying well if you really love mm-hmm. someone you wouldn't do this so, well you really don't understand what love is right uh but uh, i would mm-hmm. love is telling the truth and love is sharing mm-hmm. uh, what god really says you know, it's like saying, well, if you really love this person who's struggling with transgenderism, you wouldn't try to change them or whatever. It's like, well, no, then obviously you don't know what love is because right. love is me wanting them to be who God created them to be. And so I have to, uh, then it would be me telling them mm-hmm. the truth. Because if I know they're going to face a God who's going to hold them accountable for the things that they're doing, then I want them to know the truth. And that's what love is. Mm-hmm. That's what I would want someone to do for me. It's what Jesus would do. Uh, and Uh, and same way where there's a trust trust is me saying i have uh, i have the assurance that that is real that that is real it kind of goes hand in with belief um and it's a powerful thing if you just take that and 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 put it into that uh, just like i said change that say if you have do you have the faith to move mountains it's like do i have the trust Mm -hmm. to move mountains because when you say it that way it's like well then I'm trusting in someone. Mm-hmm. Well then that's right. That's exactly how it should be used. So my my trust is always implies <laughs> I'm trusting in something. Well what am I trusting in? I'm trusting in the power of God.
2: Mm-hmm. Can I add something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um so on the unfortunate use of the word faith, mm-hmm. um, because of our culture now, um, whenever the Bible says like a man of the faith or mm-hmm. a woman of the faith, it's not really meaning of their internal faith, like mm-hmm. belief or 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 even trust at that point it's it's a woman of the or man of the knowledge of god um and so that right. would be um and then also trust would go it's along trustworthiness yeah it, yeah
0: it goes faithfulness and trustworthiness are also kind of two things yeah and it is a, it is a verb it is a, it is a useless a noun it's used a verb but it also it always goes back to that same root and that's what i was just meaning is that the root does mean trust and 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 while if you are using faith interchangeably with trust is the, the words are the same, but it's mm-hmm. like, but because we have this magical understanding of this object, faith, this faith, this thing is that I can possess, um, like it's some magic power or mm-hmm. something. If I have a lot of it, then mm-hmm. I can do great things, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a superpower. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and that's, and that's the way it's come to be understood, but that's not the way the Bible communicates mm-hmm. it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's and then cool. the, another thing you mentioned that I thought was, um, cool was the, or maybe I don't know if Josh mentioned, but the, the when it talks about prayer, like we don't need to keep repeating the same thing over and over right. again, just on you know like a broken record to God in prayer. Um, God, I, I, I wouldn't want to hear somebody saying, you know, I, you know, somebody wants to, I don't know, to be able to have a new job, so right. you know, give me this job, give me this job, give me this job right. over and over again. I that would be redundant and aggravating. Right. And and um, for me and 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 for the probably the same in prayer, there's no need to. Just to redundantly repeat the same right. thing, um and he even
0: says that yeah um God' not that doesn't want to hear your many words or whatever, just yeah. keep speaking babbling
2: yeah there yeah. there's no need to just continue that um uh, that that prayer is an active conversation with god um right. and uh so there's no need to just repeat on yeah when we talk about blast. repeating it
0: when he's, he, he and this is I'm, this is what he says. He's talking about a person who comes consistently and never quits coming until there's an answer. Mm-hmm. Meaning believing that, like say, I need a job. I prayed this morning that I need a job. I may have prayed this tonight that I need a job. I'm gonna also pray it tomorrow mm-hmm. and the day after that and the day after that until God gives me an answer. Mm-hmm. And he and he says that's what you should do. He said and he gives parables to say, mm-hmm. you know, this woman who came to the, you know, knocked on the door and so forth. They mm-hmm. kept knocking, and, or the friend who comes late at night or whatever. Uh, and so at some point the The judge or whatever, can't remember. Judge rewards the woman just because she keeps won't quit, and (laughs) uh, and the and the guy when you come in the middle of the night, he reluctantly gives you the stuff you're asking for, and even though just because he's just annoyed, Mm -hmm. you know, and he says it's not that God's annoyed with you, or anything he said, but you when you really need something, you don't let it go, Mm -hmm. and and you're and he's really trying to show us, do you really want it? You Mm -hmm. know, is it something that you really think is important? Because Like if I'm praying for your salvation and I just pray once and I flippantly forget it, you know, then obviously it wasn't that important to me. But if Mm -hmm. I'm praying every day for that person's salvation, then it's something I really am desiring for. And then uh, I remember being at a service and and they said that woman had prayed for 43 years for her husband to be saved. Mm -hmm. And he got saved that night and she was screaming, you know. Well, yeah, she's screaming. She's prayed for
1: 43 years
0: for that to happen. And then God answers it. As opposed to, I didn't know the guy. <laughs> I right. never prayed for his salvation. Right. So I'm like, is she screaming. You know, I don't. Know I'm, I'm not. I'm not participating in mm. that moment. And and this But That's that's what God is saying. He says, I, I. It's a beautiful thing to see that I hear you mm. communicating this, and and I see the labor that you're and Jesus praying for us. You know, just continually laboring in prayer for us and so forth, interceding for us. He's teaching us. This is this is important. And uh, for lots of reasons, but but it's uh, but yeah, but it's not you believing in your uh, your your faith power that's making this happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I
0: uh, you know I I believe I'm going to get a job. I'm believing it's a job. I'm believing it's a job. It's it's really if you want to put it correctly, I believe that God has the power to give me the job. Therefore, that's why I'm praying to God. Mm-hmm. That's that if you want to articulate what you're actually yeah what faith is, it's uh, I have faith in God who has the power to give a job and he said to ask that I might receive. So I'm asking Mm. and believing that whatever answer he gives, that is what is the thing that I need Mm. the
2: most. Yeah. Yeah. you don't want it to be a like a fire hose blast of impatience.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, th- th- it's a perseverance and so forth. Yeah, but it's not a, uh, God give me a job, 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 God give me a job. That's just stupid. You know, yeah. that's just foolishness and and repetitive babbling or whatever.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, because that's more akin to the lines. If I say it five thousand times, then God will do it. That's not faith in God. That's faith in me saying it five thousand times. Yeah, that's uh, so the, the 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 faith the the perseverance is in praying, um, regularly praying without ceasing. Yeah. Mm.
1: Some other question um isn't necessarily related about um what's in scripture. It's more about scripture mm-hmm. in general. So we mentioned it earlier as we were talking about KJV and the or in KJV, which was what you had read, and so you went to other translations to find it. And so I find it interesting, especially in um theological culture, uh how it just seems that if you are reading anything other than a word by word translation, then you are sinning. Mm-hmm. And so Um, my question is, um, because I have read out of many, from NIV to KJV to all, just all of them, uh, and then I took Bible college and I understood that there are importances for each translation of the Bible. So Troy, can you explain to us what, what, and why it's important to read different translations?
0: Well, I think that uh, first of all, just uh, scaling back, because I think that this uh, the the prominence of the King James version. Uh, it almost takes it to idolatrous proportions. And mm-hmm. when people say, this is the version of the Bible, I only use the KJV and so forth. And just to recognize, uh, be careful about that, because why would you think that? I mean, who told you that the King James Version is the version of the Bible that I need to adhere to? Was it King James? <laughs> is he the reason? Uh, because he was not quite the most godly man in the world. Uh, <laughs> and the, uh, and or is it somebody, He's a preacher or whatever? But it's not the word of God itself mm-hmm. that's informing you that the King James Version is great. Now, the King James Version is a good version. I mean, it, it was it's a literal word for word translation and took the took what they had available at the time and made the best translation that they could make at the time. Uh, and uh, well, you can argue it, but but it was it's a good translation. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that at all. I'm just saying to to elevate it in its status or whatever is to give it an It's to give it something that God does not give it. And so why would you be giving it that? And who told you to do that? And what is that based upon? Mm -hmm. As you're saying, you live according to the word, then live according to the word. And uh, so the word of God, we believe, uh, would be in what, I believe that Mark was inspired, Matthew was inspired, John was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. And so when they wrote it down, what they wrote down is the actual word of God. Mm -hmm. And I believe Jesus gave all credence to that in the Old Testament. So he said, this is the word of God in the Old Testament. So we have the Old Testament already authorized by Jesus to say, this is the word of God. And now everything that these apostles have written are the word of God. Uh, and uh, and so you have, so that's the word of God. And the early church all agree, came into agreement and said, these 66 books, this is the canon. This is the word. We recognize that this is the word of God given to mm-hmm. us. And I believe God used the church in order to do that and affirm that and so forth through the Holy Spirit. So uh, so now we have this word of God. The problem is we don't actually have those original books. We don't have what Mark actually wrote. We don't right. have what John actually wrote. We have copies that were made. And so we're trying to find what was what is closest to those original autographs. And here's my own take on why we don't have the original autographs is because I think if we did – I think we'd worship those. I yep. think we would worship the autographs that say, oh, you know, got to maintain it's like the Declaration of Independence, you know, keeping it sealed and mm-hmm. hyper sealed because we don't want a copy. of have got to have the actual original, right. original one that was written on it and so forth, which uh, that's a whole nother Become conversation. But uh, but the uh, why we spend so much money to keep this piece of paper from whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the but the uh, that would be the idea. And, uh, and so you have. Uh, so I understand that. But we do want to find we do want to be what's the closest thing we have to what was originally there. And so when you go back in history, you're looking for what was written in Aramaic, what was written in Hebrew, what was written in Greek, um, and, and as old as you can get back to being within just a few years of the original writings. And, uh, and so we have lots of fragments. And so we piece those fragments together. And then you begin to see over time, and, and, and since 1611, when the King James Bible was written, We've discovered so many more, over a thousand of these docu- of, of the original of these books. Right. Okay, not the original, but that were older than what they had when King James was writing. So I, I know this is it's hard to get our head around, but actually the translations that are translated today have documents they're using that are older than what they had in 1611 because of mm-hmm. archaeology and things right. we've discovered. And so when you have an older document and you're looking at it and it's got this passage written down. And you notice in your version, in uh, the 1611 version, the authorized version, it has, it doesn't have that passage in it. And it's like, so then you look and you've got several in between. And, and especially when you see, okay, here's here's a version. And then, I, okay, now we have another version with this story written in the margin or these notes written in the margin. And then we had another version that's later than that. And those notes that were in the margin of the earlier one are now in the text. Right. So you go, right. well, that probably is not in the original text. Yeah. It was probably... It could have been a story that people were like, oh, this actually happened, this is, yeah. and so we're going to write it in, mm-hmm. but Mark didn't write it, or mm-hmm. John didn't write it, or whatever, but somebody else, a later scribe, said, oh, yeah, this is something, that I, re- I was there, I remember this, or mm-hmm. where I've heard right. or this. my dad told me this story, and so they put it there, and, and it could be true, mm-hmm. absolutely, it has to, but, it, uh, but it just wasn't there. Woman caught in adultery is a great mm-hmm. example. Right. It's not in some of the earliest manuscripts, and so it's like, so it's probably added. Does that mean it didn't happen? No, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, it just means that. John most likely didn't write it or it was actually written.
2: It, it yeah. says that the, if they if they wrote, in Matthew it says that if they wrote everything out that um, Jesus Yeah, did. there wasn't
0: enough, enough pages to hold it. Yeah. In yeah. John, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, but the, uh, <laughs> and so, anyway, so you have, uh, so and then the other element is you're going from one language to another. So we have a Greek New Testament and we have a Hebrew Bible. Uh, we have Aramaic forms of it. Uh, but the um, uh, the uh, Septuagint was when they took the in Jesus day. They had the entire Bible was in Greek. So you mm-hmm. had for the first time the everybody could read it from whether they knew Hebrew or not. And so uh, so that was like, the, I guess, was their first Bible translation. And and today we have uh, made into all these different languages. Well, the authorized version is the just the English version of the Bible. So. When they translate other languages, they don't use the King James Bible <laughs> to translate into uh uh Swahili <laughs> they use right. the manuscript the manuscripts that we use mm-hmm. so it's like so just think of it like that 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 was what they were using to translate for people in sixteen eleven but we need to use the source material mm-hmm. to to create the best translations we have today um and and there's and there's two uh two different primary three different schools of thought one is The paraphrase, which is just here's what we think it means. Now, that's I don't think that's the best translation because you have someone's interpretation Mm -hmm. built into the text. The message, the living Bible, all those are paraphrases, meaning I'm just taking what I think it says and trying to make you understand it. They're helpful. I read them, um, but they're not the best study. They're not good study. Bibles. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, Then you have two (laughs) types. You have literal translation and dynamic translation. And literal translation means that I literally take a Greek word and I translate it into English. And New American Standard Bible is probably the most fa- uh, the most uh, heavy literal translation there has meaning uh, strict, disciplined, uh, that it literally tries not to even change the sentence order, uh, mm-hmm. the syntax, tries to maintain the syntax of it, which doesn't read very well in English. Because when you're reading it, we don't put our words in that order that they do that they did so mm-hmm. it's like the words sometimes don't fit that passage i was reading out of leviticus earlier uh good example leviticus 5 definitely not the same right. syntax we use today right. and it, and so it's super confusing uh until you go and then you have dynamic translation which is uh the christian standard bible that we use a lot and uh niv um rsv uh others the dynamic translations are where they say here's what them they take a phrase um or a, a subordinate clause or whatever and and then they say okay Here's how this would read right in English mm-hmm. if we were to put it in English form. And so it's the meaning of this phrase translated. And, uh, and so basically it goes phrase by phrase translation. Um, and and those are good. So And going way back to Josh's original question. Why would you read multiple translations? Well, because you've got a group of guys who are trying to take an, a language and translate it into English. And they are mm-hmm. fallible and and just trying to and do it. And so it's good to see, well, this person saw it this way and this person saw it this way. And, and you can't write in when you're translating. It's like, here are the seven different ways this can be used in Greek. <laughs> right, right, you right. Know? And, so, and, that, and so verse five is like seven paragraphs mm-hmm. long because I only write it differently for each time. You could do it differently. But, uh, but it can sometimes be used mm-hmm. seven different ways. And so, using different translations kind of says, "Oh, it could be used this way or it could mm-hmm. be looked at this perspective mm. now here's here's the thing I just want everybody to remember God knows all that-
1: mm-hmm. yeah, he, he knows absolutely. all
0: seven ways that that mm-hmm. word can be used, and that's the word he chose right, and so which way is right all of them right it's all, it's it's god God is so amazing in, in his, and, uh, unlimited. and and his and unlimited and <laughs> unlimited that he knew that mm-hmm. this word would give you multiple perspectives on the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like like when it says love bears all things, well, that root word means like the roof. When you mm-hmm. think of a roof, it has the ability. In, in their day, you could go up on top of the roof, so it has the ability to support you. Uh, it also has the ability to protect you. And so one version will say love bears all things or love protects all things. Mm-hmm. You know, say so love protects, love supports. Which one's right? both are because yeah. it's both that understanding uh whereas if you just said love is a roof uh <laughs> it doesn't really you know you kind of have to play well. you have to play that out <laughs> yeah so you're so you're uh so you um uh, that's but that's why it's so good to have different translations because it just gives you multiple uh i, I mean it's a blessing yeah. right i mean well
1: and i think something you said a second ago when when we were speaking about the um Word by word versus dynamic. That, no, and then there was the other one. Literal. I mean, I I paraphrase. Paraphrase. Yeah. Uh, it's important. Sometimes I think when we're studying the Bible, when we're studying the Bible, that's different than also reading the Bible. Right. There's 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 all these different ways of us understanding what Scripture says. Yeah. We can study it. We can meditate on it. We can read it because yeah. it's a book. Mm-hmm. We can study books. All these things are important, and, and I think that a lot of people are just this. They're uninformed, and afraid to move outside of what they've been told. Let me
0: give you an example. of, 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 Because I grew up reading the King James Bible. Gotcha, yeah. And my Sunday school teacher would read a verse, and Mm -hmm. she goes, here's what this means. Mm -hmm. She's just made her own living Bible. Right. You know, and probably not as educated as she should have been uh, in doing it. So, but I'm, but that's, but mm-hmm. she's having to translate it for me. She's having to say, I know you don't understand what I just said, so let me put it in words you mm-hmm. understand. Right. The people who created the Living Bible were like, oh, a lot of people need that. So, mm-hmm. you didn't have the Sunday school teacher who mm-hmm. was capable of doing that. So, they created a Bible who's just your Sunday school teacher going, let me tell you what this means. Right. And based on how much you trust that Sunday school teacher <laughs> right. how much stock you put in there. Right. But we all need that. Absolutely. You know? but when you get up and when you grow up and you take Greek and you learn Greek or something, mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't need the living Bible. You, right. go, you figure it out yourself. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but not everybody's going to take Greek and Hebrew right. and, and so forth. And so that's, uh, you and know. And God knew that. And God knew and so that. He gives so, us yeah. all these blessings yeah, of so these that's, different things. The, uh, and I think that's one of the, you know, not to give a uh, tooth the horn of my seminary, but the, uh, my seminary felt it was important for us mm-hmm. to learn the original languages. Absolutely. They felt every pastor needed to be equipped to be able to read it in the original yeah. language and have some understanding of what it means. So that's cool. Um, so that's, uh, and I do, I think that's important so, uh, so that when I'm preaching, I have the ability to look at the, those original sources and say, here's what I think that right. really the intent is here and so forth. But uh, but I read a, a lot of other people who are a lot smarter than me, uh, read their perspectives because if I'm thinking it means this and all these scholars before me think that's crazy, right. then I probably should pay mm. heed to that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's all the questions. I oh,
0: have. sweet. Oh, wow. I just was rambling on and on, but it's my podcast. So, really, I can do that, I guess. So, but anyway, I hope you come to a better understanding of Jesus as we are reading through the Word of God together and, and always understand that we have uh, not only the podcast, we have our sermons online and different services and so forth. Do you want to see Josh up on stage singing and Evan up there playing? It's uh, the. um and Evan's singing too, I guess. Are you singing, Evan? Are you
2: singing? uh not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but if you want to if you want to see everybody in action and listen, watch the sermons live or whatever, but but uh, we also have an audio version if you just want to listen to it in the background while you're doing other things. But uh, our goal is to give you many opportunities to learn more and more about well, to come to a better understanding of Jesus.